This is Nick Rodriguez uh, with Rich Casanova. We have another exciting guest today. Uh, just wanted to uh, introduce a new topic. You know, so excited to hear what you have to say. I know you have some uh, entrepreneurial uh, backgrounds and you know aerospace and so much, so much to learn. But uh, first, I want Rich to you know talk about our mission and you know why why we are why we're here. Yeah, the purpose of the podcast, if you will, and uh, this is the world's best podcast, is our episode, and it's um, and it includes this tour now, which is the podcast world tour. Check that out, podcastworldtour.org. But as Nick was mentioning, so we want to open with the impact, uh, the purpose behind this, and that is to help uh, the audio, audio verbal center. A 40-year history helping uh, kids that are in most cases born deaf with zero hearing, and through what they're doing, uh, the technology and the therapy literally take a kid uh, within a couple of years and that kid will now have full all sense of hearing for life and the impact and the ripple effect of that could be enormous so um, that's that's part of the uh, passion behind our project here absolutely and so Jason let's, let's just go ahead and begin uh, what is your what is your what is your background in you know 17 seconds or less yeah <laughs> well I always tell people I'm an accidental entrepreneur um, I grew up in a family where a hundred percent of my, my parents, aunts, uncles, were they either went to work for one company and retired from that company or right. were career military. So there were zero entrepreneurs <laughs> in my family. And I started uh, as uh, an engineer, uh, got a couple engineering degrees at a Georgia Tech and oh, okay. started to work at a large Fortune 500 company as a design engineer. And that never thought for a moment I would even get into management, much less entrepreneurship. Um, but but through those uh, years, I did I did learn a lot uh, working for large companies, and and was lucky to have some great mentors, and that that really kind of taught me an early lesson in in mentorship, um, and kind of got recruited out of a large company to work in the private equity world. So I didn't really jump from my job into a startup. I, it was kind of like a bridge. Right. Um, but I got a lot more exposure to the, the business, the, the kind of the big picture marketing, you know, how to read a balance sheet, some of the stuff they don't teach you in, in school. And, uh, and I liked it. And, I, and how old were you at this, at this um, time? I, I was 27. Okay. Uh, 20, yeah, going on 28 at okay. the time. And uh, working in a mid-market company that had acquired a bunch of um, older companies and putting them together. Wow. And they, they needed somebody with the skill sets to come in and kind of be the VP of manufacturing. So I, I learned a lot that way. And again, got exposed to more of the business side of things and the mechanics behind that. Um, so getting a real strong financial base. And, uh, I, and I, li I liked it. I, I liked having the big picture. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know that I, I liked it. Until I got exposed. <laughs> exactly, yeah. um, and, and then um, actually did a few rounds of that with uh, being kind of a turnaround guy in private equity, kind of building value in organizations, um, sometimes to sell, uh, sometimes to, to grow and continue acquiring. Of course. And really had an opportunity to kind of do a, a startup, um, kind of an engineering-focused business with some friends of mine who also kind of had a similar idea around kind of the bridge between software technology and the manufacturing factory floor space. And I was in the Midwest at the time. I'm from the Southeast. My okay. family's still in Georgia. So I was looking for kind of an excuse to get back. <laughs> and, and we were kind of looking at a place to locate this kind of factory controls and automation business. And um, we, we picked Greenville um, because honestly, just logistical convenience, it was in between 
Atlanta and Charlotte. Right. But, and, but growing up and going to school in Atlanta, Greenville at the time uh, in the <laughs> 1990s was not the thriving community that it is today. So the I was kind of stoplight. It was it was questionable. So I did a little scouting trip here, <laughs> and that was right around 2001, 2002, okay. and and that was the beginnings of the transformation yeah. of Greenville. And I could see all the economic revitalization and the energy right. in the community. I couldn't believe it. Like, this is not the Greenville. I remember your, so your, not your grandpa's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we located the business here. Um, uh, it wasn't the best time to start a business post nine 11. <laughs> right. right. But we, we managed to, to fight our way through. We got acquired by a, a larger company, but I was in love with Greenville. So I wanted to stay. Um, and I actually got involved with a California startup as a VP of sales and marketing and was still based in Greenville and was traveling kind of all over the place, uh, building the, the, the sales channels, uh, enterprise technology, um, also kind of manufacturing related, but more enterprise um, systems. And kind of did that for three or four years, um, but still based in, in Greenville and the, and the Southeast. And I could see it continually developing. And it's just, a, I was really impressed with the ecosystem. Yeah. Um, uh, people in the community really helping each other and really wanting entrepreneurs to succeed. It's definitely in the DNA of the, of the, of the community now. To, well, that's to definitely people. been a theme. I mean, we just landed here today for the first time. We've never been to Greenville in my life and Nick's same, right? It's for stop. Uh, yeah. Greenville. Been here, yeah. And yeah. Uh, right now we've been kind of uh, held up in the studio here. We haven't got a chance to go out and about yeah. and see the city that's uh, next. Uh, but everybody uh, there's, there's definitely a, uh, a continuity, not just a theme, but you can hear it uh, beyond the surface level of the experience of Greenville, right? And people kind of, they go out of their way to help you. So um, Atlanta, LA, San Francisco, New York, great, lost, great yeah. town. You get lost, you're yeah. a number. Yeah. Um, you, Here you're a person. And, 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 and you have a town. Yeah, yeah. You get the best of both right, worlds. Right. So you're close to some very large metropolises right. and, and Greenville's big enough to have some substantial resources, a great right. airport. Right. right. And, and it is, has a strong industrial base and as there's, well. There's a lot of international influence recently with all the brands moving here and bringing uh, work uh, forces from around the world. There is. So some of those things had started year, years ago with some visionary uh, leadership and economic development. But fast forward to today. Day, you've got kind of the North American headquarters of BMW. It's the right. largest BMW footprint in the world. It's even bigger than Munich. And you have almost what, really bigger than Munich. This wow. is the, the largest BMW footprint ever. Um, and it's growing. I've heard of that company. Yeah, Th this is it. And they have about 400 suppliers. Wow. Um, so if you look at the multiplier oh, effect, yeah, right, that's a lot of people employ. Yeah. There's a lot of restaurants right. that have to feed all those yeah. people and right. car dealerships that have to sell cars. <laughs> right. yeah. So um, and there's, so there's a strong ecosystem. There's a lot of engineers and highly skilled technical talent. Um, as a result, you have the North American headquarters of Michelin. So you have yeah. a very large French presence here and all their suppliers and they have eight or nine factories wow. um, and you know, GE Energy. So you've got, so you've got some very large um, Fortune 500 companies um, that are, are kind of big in their own right, but right. they create an ecosystem of mid-market and small companies yeah. all the way down to the one-person startup that may be providing a service right. or a, yeah. a product. Right. Um, so it, it really has, over the years, created a, a large ecosystem. And, um, and again, you kind of get the best of both worlds. And, and I've stayed in Greenville so far now. This is my third, fourth business. Um, serial entrepreneurship, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm in the advanced manufacturing space, specifically aerospace and defense precision components. 
having done this for, uh, a number of times, so it's my, my latest startup, Acclaim Aerospace. Um, we're a, a new startup in 2018, okay. and uh, we, we focus on some ultra-precision components that mainly go into jet engine and right. propulsion systems, so there's a, a lot of exotic alloys. Um, and it requires highly skilled talent, right. um, and we've got a good ecosystem of that, and, and our technical schools and workforce development. There, there's there's places around the country that you could get great economic incentives. Get parts of the pieces. Yeah, the and, and I get, maybe get a free factory. Uh, but if I'm in the middle of nowhere, um, yeah, I get a free factory. But who am I going to get to help me run it? And how am I going to recruit an engineer and their family to join me in the middle of you know, so, a town somewhere if there's not a lot of amenities and an ecosystem for yeah. them to plug in. Schools, quality of life, restaurants, art scene, yeah. theater, we got it all here. Uh, so back up for a second, you said um, there's places we can get free factories. Could, we could set up a podcast factory, whatever, just crank <laughs> them out or whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, there, there, <laughs> yeah, there, there are, um, to their credit, there are a lot of communities that um, do economic development and, and we'll develop and develop and land and invest land and, and provide either highly, I mean, most people don't give it away, but yeah, yeah. highly subsidized, um, you know, or, or kind of free on an interim basis. Right. Yeah. Until um, you so, kind of grow into it. Yeah, yeah. So, so actually here in the Greenville Spartanburg area, Spartanburg, just up the road, right. the next County up the road has a, Oh, it's about a 200,000 square foot old textile warehouse that the community leaders invested in and redeveloped. And kind of like the Serendipity Labs here, where it's a co-work space for small companies, well, now imagine a co-work space for manufacturing. So okay. if wow, you're a company yeah. in Connecticut and want to move your assembly line down, but you need 50,000 square feet, well, <laughs> you can do that in the Spark Center. And you can, actually, you can actually move in there for free for a year while you're looking for your permanent home. For a whole year. For a whole year. Really? Yeah. Wow. yeah. And, kind of like uh, an incubator. It's an incubator yeah. for manufacturing. So oh. um, there's, a, there's a lot of very strong assets in South Carolina in general, and especially the upstate. And then when you tie in the highly skilled workforce, you've got thousands and thousands of, of, of engineers. Uh, I think really only maybe Huntsville and you know, Southern California has more engineers per capita. I think Greenville's either number two or number three in the <laughs> nation. So most people don't know that. Um, and there's a lot of skilled talent, so it's more than just offering tax incentives. You have to have the workforce to to be able to help your company grow, and and, and also the partners in the community. That's what I was going to say. So um, what I'm hearing is this private-public uh, partnership has kind of um, created a, a springboard and a, a opportunity to create this, this we, economic growth? We, we did. So my new company, Acclaim Aerospace, we started incubating in a, a, a section of Greenville Tech's new Center for Manufacturing Innovation, CMI. We started right. that in October. Um, and they have an advanced manufacturing lab where they also teach classes. But the downstairs is about 100,000 square foot manufacturing lab with state-of-the-art equipment. Wow. And uh, if you're a, a startup advanced manufacturing company and you're going to be creating jobs, well, you can kind of plug in, develop your products and processes while you're looking for your permanent home. Yeah. But then at the same time, create apprenticeship programs and workforce training programs with the top students there and really hit the ground running. So yeah. it is kind of a manufacturing incubator yeah, yeah. Um, for a limited for a limited term and then but it, it lives beyond that. So then you develop an ongoing relationship right. with the technical school so you always have that that pipeline of of skilled talent. So we we started incubating there in October and then also so selecting six or seven uh, apprentices in their um, uh, advanced manufacturing curriculum to do a work study program. 
And, uh, and then about March, April timeframe, we located and started moving in a new facility. And so we kind of graduated past the incubator, but we kept the apprentices. Right, yeah. and we still have that relationship with Greenville Tech because we're, we're going to grow, right? We're, yeah. we're starting with a kind of a blank sheet of paper. And you need talent as you grow. Yeah. It, exactly. And now um, as we hire new employees, they're hitting the ground running. So yeah. not the typical two-year learning curve. Yeah. They're, they're hitting around day one. They're productive and we've got kind of an ongoing relationship as we kind of chart our future right. for the next five years. Most companies complain, oh gosh, where are we going to get the people? Well, we, we kind of have that problem solved for, yeah. for, for a great It was a big problem to solve. Um, so uh, what makes your company uh, stand out, I guess, from the rest? I mean, it's a startup, but uh, so what's your uh, claim to fame at Acclaim? Well, the the ecosystem. I that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it starts with an A, right? Yeah, you like, like, had no reaction. I got zero reaction. Yeah, but your claim to fame and acclaim. Have you heard that? Yeah, there's no phone books anymore, but I guess we would start at the top. But um, yeah, it, it's recognizable. I guess that's my um, some some decent marketing for an engineering yeah. degree guy. Um, but there, so there's a strong automotive industry here in the upstate right. particularly, but not a lot of aerospace. Um, so that, that does, we are a little different in, in just the industry. Um, and the, the types of products are more on the ultra precision side and also defense and space. So there, there are types of components that are national security and sensitive that really need to be made domestically. And, and that supply chain is more niche oriented. So we're, you know, we're, we're more on kind of the higher end of the precision level and the types of exotic materials we work with, the types of kind of new next generation airplanes or right. space launch systems. Um, and being here uh, uh, also allows us to, again, to tap into that technical talent that, that we need. So um, definitely the Southeast in general is a, a business friendly climate, right? The, the, the legislature, the economy, it's all embracing and, right, yeah. and, and thriving. Uh, we're attracting manufacturers yeah. sometimes from other states, but it's good for us startups as well. And uh, we've got the ecosystem to support it and, and aerospace itself, the market is booming. And again, the types of products um, are, that we, that we are, we have core competencies on are in, in growing platforms like components that go in jet engines right. or new satellite systems that SpaceX is launching, um, to oh, provide, wow. provide internet across the globe. Oh, wow. Um, so we're, we're on some very high cutting growth. edge. It yeah. Like cutting, well, yeah. cutting edge. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned not a great demand, uh, in the aerospace space here in Greenville, but, uh, we had Joe in here earlier and he was talking about, um, there was a $3 billion transaction that went down with like eight uh, jets. Uh, I forget the country. Do you have your notes, uh, Nick? Bulgaria. Yeah. Bulgaria, yeah. So, yeah. so um, uh, just uh, literally just a few months ago, uh, Lockheed, well, they had a presence here, mainly maintenance, repair, and overhaul yeah. of, of older platform aircraft to kind of get them back in the air for foreign allies. Um, but with the growth of the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter, they really needed to make room in Dallas-Fort Worth to expand that production. And the F-16 program right. has been around since the 1960s, but has gone through many generations of upgrades and upfits to modernize. Right. And um, while the U.S. government doesn't necessarily buy new F-16s anymore, right. we still keep the fleet flying, yeah, yeah. so we have a lot in the fleet. But there's a lot of foreign military customers that can't necessarily afford nor need yeah. uh, an F-35 type platform 
but an advanced version of an F-16 with new avionics, new radar, new weapon systems, um, like the country of India again, and, our, and now Bulgaria, right, yeah. um, which just approved yeah. uh, basically one of the largest defense deals you know, e- ever. Yeah, he and that assembly line's moved here right, um, yeah. uh, now. So Greenville has just joined in a very elite club in the world that is one of the only places that assembles, fully assembles and flies out fully functional that's, that's aircraft. That's bizarre, because you wouldn't think, like, uh, if you did that at a, at a bar trivia night, Greenville wouldn't be on that. Yeah. You, you wouldn't guess that. I mean, right? again, you'd, there's, lose, you'd lose that question. There, there, right? There's more people with Super Bowl rings that than fly <laughs> fighter jets out of their yeah. you know, out of their state, and Greenville's part of that elite club. So um, so, so aerospace has kind of come on the scene in a big way uh, with, with Boeing selecting Charleston as their 787 assembly line site and they, right. they had a presence there before but now it's it's gone big time yeah. and it's it's expanding and and uh, uh japanese company tori industries billion dollar uh investment uh coming online now to make giant composite wings you know one of the few places in the world that can actually do that and now aerospace is a, a multi-billion dollar industry all of a sudden not quite as big as uh automotive but uh, it's, it's helping diversify this but state. again i think that's a you know, not a best kept secret, but it's just unknown because you think aerospace, you think, uh, you know, Houston right. and um, uh, yeah, L.A. area, Space L- Coast, L.A. area, yeah. Space Coast, yeah. right? And Midwest. Yeah. Um, so talk to us about um, before we pivot, we're going to talk about inspiration next. But uh, how would folks find about your, your brand and connect with you uh, at, at this uh, startup? Sure. Well, um, again, Acclaim really isn't a retail company, so yeah, yeah. We, we, we don't have people off the street coming <laughs> right by saying, you know, can I buy some rockets today? So. Yeah, exactly. You know, we can do that afterwards. But. So, <laughs> yeah. Actually, we don't really like visitors with the kind of stuff we do. But, um, but, um, we, but for we, industry insiders that want to um, sure, connect. I mean, we, we, we do a lot on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of things that we do to promote. I mean, number one, our industry in our yeah, state. Yeah, internal. Um, also workforce development. So that's that's one of the things that's important to us selfishly as yeah. a business. We, we have to have strong workforce development yeah. to be able to thrive and grow. But we also want to give back as well. There are uh, just published actually the NAM, National Association for Manufacturers. There are 488,000 unfilled advanced manufacturing jobs in the United States. That's crazy. Unfilled waiting for people to almost to, a half a million and these are and 99.9 percent of those are jobs that you can get with a two-year associate's degree graduating debt-free going to work making money really great wages coming out making you know upper 20 dollars an hour so you're right. coming out making 45 50 000 full benefits and onward to a hundred thousand dollar career track and wow. hey if you want to pursue your four-year degree then you could go to the next step. And actually just this year, Greenville Technical College announced one of of the country's first four-year baccalaureate programs. That's uh, kind of a next graduation step. So um, um, students that, it's part of the requirement, students that graduate with their two-year degree can then go into a kind of a four-year manufacturing engineering um, degree. So that's also filling kind of the workspace uh, void. So we're we're, we're passionate about workforce development. It's a, you hear it as a common complaint in industry, um, but we also have to realize that nobody's going to solve it for us, and it's important for manufacturers um, to get involved, to, to partner with their communities, partner with their technical schools, especially in their universities. Um, there's so many ways to help, and, and kind of what one of our missions is you don't just have to be a Fortune 500. We, we're we're um, very 
um, happy and, and, and uh, appreciative of the efforts of big companies like BMW and GE and Bosch and so many others that, that really give back right. and, and kind of lead the charge. But even small companies like us, um, small startups can get involved, make a difference, create an apprenticeship program. Okay. Um, and create jobs, uh, high-paying jobs. Right. Um, so, our, like for example, our apprentices, while they're going to school, start by making fifteen, sixteen dollars an hour. Right. So, I mean, you're making the equivalent of thirty, thirty-something thousand dollars, and you're still in school. Wow. And then by right. the time, and then you're getting increases over the course of two years. And the goal, of course, is you come to work for us full right, time. Yeah. Right. Um, but you've got, you've accumulated some great experience. So even if you don't come to work for us, you are now more marketable. Oh, big time. And, oh, and, big you, hit, time, and yeah. you have great skills, but we want you to come to work for us. Sure. And now you're on to a, a, a very high paying, uh, rewarding career track. Um, so why, you know, why make lug nuts all day when you make stuff that astronauts <laughs> use? So, so we, 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 do, we do stand out a little bit. Yeah, from, that makes from a lot that. of sense. It's an attractive work, work environment. Can you tell us a little about Inspire and, and your relationship with them? Well, um, I mean, from a Inspire standpoint, I mean, we're really impressed with the podcast world tour focus on the, the cochlear implant strategy. I kind of relayed a story you know, earlier how uh, when I, I kind of had a unique perspective growing up right next door um, uh, to a friend whose youngest sister um, was deaf, born born deaf. So right. I, I kind of learned sign language just because I thought it was cool. Right. right. Um, but then getting that perspective yeah. and and understanding um, wow how somebody cherishes just being able to feel sound vibrations, not being able to hear anything. Right. But, wow, yeah. I, I can feel this vibe, and it's just something we take for granted. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I think it's a great uh, you know a, a, gr a great mission that you have, and uh, like like us as a small company, um, it's important that you use your company as a vehicle to do good things. Yeah. Um, so we're in the manufacturing space, so kind of our talents lie in workforce development. We think we sure. can make an impact you know, there. That's kind of similarly aligned to, to, to your mission. I, and I think a lot of companies you'll find, especially in the upstate and in the Palmetto State in general, are heavily involved formally and their people are involved within the community. Um, companies do more than just economic impact, but their people are involved, they're involved in charities, they're giving back, they're in the community. Um, there's there's so much more of an impact that the companies here make beyond just the economics. Right, well said. Uh, and that's about a wrap on this episode, I believe. Yeah, I think we covered a lot of ground. I learned uh, some things um, and took some notes here right here and it's but it's I like the idea of the segue from the apprenticeship model right and working uh, and also that kind of uh, collaborative uh, incubator space that I you know you think about an incubator you always think about just startups and you know creating a, a SaaS program or something like that mm -hmm. or some technical but from the manufacturing standpoint you know that's pretty awesome to have that would you say a hundred thousand square feet? Yeah, space? The, the Spark Center in yeah, yeah. In, in Spartanburg, and yeah, then yeah. the CMI Center for Manufacturing Innovation, right. the the technical the Greenville Tech Technical School Center yeah. here in in Greenville. So there, there's a there are a lot of assets right. and resources for small, medium, and large companies to plug into in a, in yeah. a variety. There's really no no reason. You, you can't be successful uh, with all these resources around and a community right. that loves you, that, that yeah. really loves that, can only help that, that fights for you, that rallies to <laughs> your side and really wants you to succeed. So it's a great place to start and grow a business. And that's why I've stayed here and, and a lot of others um, stay here. Yeah, absolutely. You want to sign us off here and uh, one more shout out to our mission? Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Close out? 
I just want to thank you one more time for for coming on the show and you know telling us your story and you know we were able to dive into your world a little bit and you know learn about all that and want to circle back to our mission about uh you know the people at abc you know we spent the day yes there yesterday and um you know you mentioned your your friend's younger sister who was deaf so i think you kind of hit it right on the head when uh people who can hear kind of take it for granted yeah. and it, i think it's really important that we hit that point home and uh that's that's kind of what we're doing here is trying to raise awareness uh well said and again uh, rich casanova here signing off on behalf of uh uh, our guest, as well as Nick Rodriguez, our producer uh, engineer, uh, just check out uh, for everything we talked about as far as our mission and so forth and our guest uh, interviews. Just check out um, either the worldpodcast.com or uh, actually the world, the podcast world tour.org as well. So uh, we'll uh, and we'll signing off. We'll see you on the road. <laughs>